All right, listen, guys, I get it. Many of you are unable to financially support this ministry because you're spending your cash and your lives on raising young children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Praise God for you and that endeavor. However, algorithms are a thing. Shadow banning, sadly, is a thing. And one major way that you can help to expand the reach and effectiveness of this ministry that doesn't cost you a dime is by spending just a few moments leaving us a five-star review. Also, perhaps even more effective than that, you can share our podcast with a friend. We hope you'll take the time to do so. Thank you so much. God bless. Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You're listening to Daily Truth. Now, it's true that in an objective sense, under the old covenant, no one was saved. And the new covenant retroactively applied for Old Testament saints, few were saved. What I'm saying is this, that in Israel before the cross, what we see from the scripture very clearly is that the minority report received salvation. Most Israelites under the old covenant before the cross, most of them died in unbelief. Most of them were not regenerate. Most of them were not saved. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Adam, Eve, Seth, Noah, Moses. These are outliers. These are the exception. There are others. There are, in fact, many according to our text. Because remember, the timing of our text, the immediate audience that the book of Hebrews is being written to is just a little while after the life of death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ. And so the saints, this cloud of witnesses, these saints are primarily Old Testament saints because we're barely, chronologically, barely into the New Testament at the timing of the writing of this particular epistle. And because he says it is a great cloud of witnesses, we are meant to assume that there were many saved in the Old Testament. But there were many saved, but by comparison to those who were not saved, who died in unbelief, it was actually few. Many in the objective sense, but few by comparison. That's different than the New Covenant and the New Testament, this gospel age. So for those of us who are a part of the institute of the church, not necessarily the invisible and universal church, which you can only belong to by faith, by actually being born again. But what I'm speaking of for just a moment is the institutionalized church. For those who are members of a, of a gospel preaching church, who have received the sacrament of baptism and are receiving the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, I believe that in this gospel age, post the cross of Jesus Christ, In the New Testament, that that for those who belong to gospel preaching churches in membership and have union with Christ, I shouldn't say that, those who belong in membership and are taking the sacraments of baptism in the Lord's Supper, I believe the vast majority of them actually have union with Christ, actually have true saving faith, actually will be in heaven. I don't believe that it's synonymous with Israel. 
the church and Israel, I, I do believe that the church is the fulfillment of Old Testament Israel, but it will not be synonymous in the sense that most of Israel died off in unbelief and most of the church that make up the visible church, they too are actually unregenerate and will not inherit eternal life. I don't believe that. I believe that that's one of the, the stark differences one of the major contrasts between Israel in the Old Testament and the church in the New. That the vast majority of the church is in fact not just mere outward members of a visible church, but are actually spiritual members of the invisible church. They actually have been born again by grace through faith in Christ alone. They're actually going to heaven. They have received salvation. So, so the idea of apostates, which we saw in Hebrews chapter 10, which we saw earlier in Hebrews chapter 6, which feels like it was 10 years ago. But when we were in Hebrews chapter 6, these, these stark warning passages of Hebrews 6 and Hebrews 10, these apostate passages, I do believe that that is the minority. That those who ultimately, ultimately turn out to be apostate, who leave the faith, who were a part of the institutional church, they had received baptism, they had made some kind of proclamation, some outward verbal profession of faith, they had been joined to the visible church, a visible true gospel preaching church through church membership, received baptism and were receiving the Lord's Supper, but ultimately denied the faith. I believe that that will be the minority. Under the Old Testament, in the case of the nation state of Israel, that was not the minority. That was the majority. Most of Israel, before the cross of Christ, died in unbelief. And we have to remember that. It's, it's not a one-to-one -one ratio. This, again, is one more example of why I'm a Baptist. Which, I, I, in a lot of ways, I really don't want to be. Um, but one of the reasons why I still have a, a, a Baptistic covenant theology and a view of the covenants through that Baptist framework is because I look at Israel under the Old Covenant, and I look at the church today, and I don't see the same degree. I see continuity. I'm not a dispensationalist, but I don't see the same degree of continuity that someone who would adhere to the Westminster Confession of Faith would see. I see still stark differences. Most of Israel went to hell, to say it plainly. Most of Israel in the Old Testament went to hell. They did not have faith in Jesus. Whereas I believe most of the church in the New Testament is going to heaven. And if you say, well, what about, what about people who go to some you know, weak, watered-down, you know, seeker-friendly? What, what, about, what about if you add the numbers, Joel? If we're doing our percentages and we want to be accurate, what about if you add all the numbers of the people who go to Joel Osteen's church? Well, notice what I said earlier. I said visible churches that preach the gospel. So I'm talking about true churches. I'm not counting, I'm not counting false churches. All right, so people who go to Joel Osteen's church, I, I, would, I would count them in the same category of people who are a part of the Lions Club or people who, uh, you know, are on a team with their HOA in their neighborhood or people like that, you know, people who are in the Boy Scouts. Or be, there are lots of different clubs. I'm talking about churches. Joel Osteen's church is not a church. It's just a club. And so if we're actually looking at churches, visible churches, true churches that believe the Bible and preach the gospel, I do believe that those who are members of visible, true churches, the majority of them will not commit apostasy. The majority of them are actually saved by grace, and the same grace that saved them will be faithful to keep them. 
that is radically different from Old Testament Israel. Most of Israel died off in unbelief. Under the Old Covenant, they were all a part of Israel, but most of them weren't saved. Few of them were, and the few that were saved were not saved by the priestly sacrificial system under the Old Covenant. They were saved by Christ, grace alone through faith alone in Christ. So the New Covenant that had not yet been inaugurated by Christ, but the promise of the New Covenant and salvation was being retroactively applied. Right? That's what we see with Abraham in Genesis chapter 14 and 15 and 16. That's what the Apostle Paul later comments on when in the book of Galatians that he says, Abraham, he believed God and it was accredited to him as righteousness. Meaning what? It was faith alone. It was his faith in God that was uh, counted, uh, accredited to him, transferred righteousness, the righteousness of not Abraham, an alien righteousness, a forensic righteousness, as theologians would say, was transferred to Abraham's account through faith. So Abraham did not accrue righteousness in his own good works, but whether, rather he received an alien righteousness, a righteousness of another. Not his righteousness earned, but Christ's righteousness graciously applied, transferred to his account, and what gave him, what made him a recipient of this righteousness, the righteousness of another, the righteousness of Christ, was faith, not works. So how was Abraham saved? The same way you and I are. By the gospel. He was saved by Jesus. Faith and Jesus. But again, the point is that most of the nation state of Israel in the Old Testament before the cross, most of them died in unbelief. That's what we see over and over again. And not just the wilderness generation after coming out of Egypt. But we see throughout First and Second Kings, the Chronicles, we see multiple generations of Israel they don't believe. They don't believe. They don't believe. They don't believe. Most of them died in unbelief. Most of them were not saved. Whereas I, again, believe on this side of the cross, the church now being the fulfillment of Israel, which includes both Jews and Gentiles, that the majority of those who belong to the visible church, true churches that believe the Bible and preach the gospel, the majority of them will not be those who die in unbelief, will not commit apostasy, will actually be saved are actually regenerate. And that is a distinction, an important distinction. Thanks so much for listening. But real quick, before you go, do us a small favor, take a moment and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. This is undoubtedly the best way that you can help us get this biblically faithful content to as many people as possible. Thanks so much.